and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 28. And I have two spooky stories for you today, and story number one comes from Stephanie. I've always been sensitive to the paranormal. I think I have an antennae for it, maybe. One of the first major stories happened when I was 19. I was babysitting for my friend's nine-month-old, and she woke up in the morning. I picked her up from the playpen and walked to the kitchen. I didn't see the car seat was in the way and my brother was on the couch watching the news. I was about to trip on the car seat with the baby in my hands. The car seat went sliding across the room. We all stood stunned. My brother said the car seat just flew across the room. There was a big chance that I would have fallen on the baby if that didn't happen. That was one of the first instances that made my brother believe and research the paranormal. One time at home, my cell phone started writing hi to me. And every time I deleted it, it would write it again. I was at the pharmacy one time waiting for my medication when I heard my name whispered in my ear very clearly. I even turned around thinking someone had come up behind me. It was too weird. Where I was living with my ex-boyfriend, there was a really bad entity and it made me feel really uncomfortable the whole time. I moved out because it was too much and when I moved into my new place, it didn't want me to sleep in my bed and one time it woke me up saying, it's my room. I've been sleeping in the living room ever since. I went to the fridge in the middle of the night and I turned around abruptly feeling someone there and a shadow ran to the bathroom. It was too weird because it was almost like a full person was there and I saw it got surprised by me seeing it and it was like it jumped out of the way. I don't bother it. I think it does watch over me. Well, one does for sure, so I leave them be as long as they don't scare me because I ask them not to do that anymore because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Sounds like you have got a little paranormal antenna going on there. Because that is some weird stuff. I mean, whatever was whatever was going on with the car seat is obviously ultimately a good thing. Because there are so many things that can go wrong if you fall with a baby in your arms. Like for one, you might instinctively put your arms out to stop yourself from falling and subsequently drop the baby. You might fall on the baby. The baby might get injured. You might get injured. There's a million and one things that can go wrong. So whatever entity yeeted that car seat out of your way, That entity was looking out for the good of your health and the good of that baby's health. And lots of other weird shit like hearing your name whispered, moving into that house where you feel really uncomfortable and then having shadow people that are running around your house. But isn't it mad that you looked at that shadow person you thought that that shadow person looked at you and went, oh shit, she can see me and then legged it. I always feel like shadow people are just everywhere knocking around all the time and then every so often there's people that can see them and they're like, oh, Fuck, can you see me? And story number two comes from Tiffany. This is a story of all events within my lifetime that I would consider strange or paranormal in nature. The earliest event that I recall occurred when I was around five or six years old. My family and I lived in North Carolina, within the confines of the Great Dismal Swamp. I remember being alone in a family member's bedroom, excitedly jumping up and down on their bed. The window next to the bed was open to the window screen, as it often got humid as one might imagine. For some reason, I was compelled to look over to the window. As I glanced over, 
I saw a scaly green face with sharp teeth staring right at me from the window screen, as if squatting down to look into the window at me. I was terrified and ran into my parents' room and quickly got into their bed. It is important to note that this event occurred during the early 90s when there were no smartphones and limited access to computers. I went on to draw this creature almost daily, obsessed with making my story known, feeling as if no one believed me. Later when I was an adult, my grandmother confirmed that while at the house, she too saw the scaled creature. She relayed that it was sitting inside the house in a rocking chair, its body shaped like a woman but covered in scales. To this day, I don't think many people believe me. What I saw could only be described as a succubus. Fast forward to about another year later, we had since moved to a new home that was not within the dismal swamp. I remember as a child several times seeing shadows on my wall of people sitting up arguing. Often I would hear what sounded like my aunt's voice and her husband arguing from our small closet in the hallway. I had a friend at the time that was not the nicest. I had confided in this friend that I often heard these voices from our small linen closet. My friend locked me within this closet. There was no light in the closet and I could not open the door. Flashback to the scene in Sixth Sense where the boys playfully locked the child in a closet where he was not alone. Years later, when I was around 13 or 14, my grandfather who had lived with me throughout the entirety of my life became very ill. My family decided they would care for him in the home as my grandmother and mother were both nurses. As my grandfather became sicker and closer to death, strange occurrences presented themselves. My grandfather had a hospice bed that was placed in our living room for the time being. It all started when our two cats began to have what I would describe as a fit. They would fluff their fur and tails and begin to circle around his bed, hissing as if very threatened by something not seen by the human eye. Shortly after this, myself and my family began to have unusual experiences. I remember laying on my mother's bed reading a book in her room one night when I clearly saw out of the corner of the book something dark slowly emerge around the lower corner of the bed and then make its way around to the end of the bed. Terrified, I jumped up on the bed and made a leap out of the room. Often I would be alone as several family members worked nights. I remember feeling at all times as if someone was staring you down, an intense weight of uneasiness that could not be explained. One night, myself and my grandmother were laying down on my bed talking, when we heard a loud thud, as if someone had smacked the carpet with their hand. Nothing had fallen on the floor and this could not be explained. Other family members reported that while sleeping their covers had been slowly pulled off them, Much of the time in my grandfather's last days, he would constantly moan loudly at all times. I began to hear these noises even when he was at the hospital and even after he had passed. Eventually my family had to move out. While me and my cousins were grabbing some last items from a sliding closet, the door suddenly slid shut. We yelled for someone to help, only to find that everyone was outside. I am not sure if whatever was attached to my grandfather's death ever left the house, but I would never go back. I was about 22 years old and my family and I were looking at a home in a new town. 
It's important to be aware that at this time I had a daughter who was around three or four years old during these events. We had not yet moved into the home and were viewing the house. I began to chase this shadow that was around the size of my daughter as it quickly darted around corners. I had thought my daughter was running around and I was trying to keep up with her. The shadow darted around its last corner, leading to a set of stairs going down into the unfurnished cellar-like basement. It was at this point that I realised it could not have been my small daughter. My family validated to me that she had been with them the whole time. Unfortunately, we accepted the home as we were being forced to move from our current residence. It did not take long before we realised there was something not right about the home. It felt sad and hopeless, as if the house gave off its own energy. In one instance, my family reported that my daughter was chattering away to someone and peering under her play chair. When asked who she was talking to, she said it was someone like her. One night, while we were all sleeping, my little girl often sleeping with her grandmother, my family heard tiny footsteps running around the hallways of the house as if my daughter had gotten up and began to run around. My mother got up to check if my daughter was still in bed, in which she was sound asleep. Another night, my grandmother, father and cousin would often go into the garage and smoke. They distinctly heard heels walking around outside. This was impossible, as the home had a driveway that was at least half a mile from the road, and the road itself was nowhere near a main street. Another time, I remember my cats were in the hallway between the garage and the basement, which had a door that led to the main house. The cats were frantic and were freaking out behind the door. I looked under the door to see that the light in the hall was flipping on and off by itself. During our last weeks at the house, there was a lot of turmoil within the family. One horrific night, I recalled sleeping facing towards my doorway. I heard crying like a newborn baby screaming. I peered at my doorway only to see a fetus covered in blood holding its own umbilical cord screaming. What makes this dream even more terrifying is that when I closed my eyes I was so afraid, only to open them and find that the fetus was now staring at me inches away from my face. I quickly rolled over and woke up wondering if this event was a dream at all. What makes this part of the story horrifying is that later my grandmother relayed to me that she too had seen the fetus creature. One night when my ex decided to leave, my family and I heard loud knocking. We would go to the door only to find the knocking had moved to another window. After a while of chasing the knocking, the knocking started at all of the windows and doors outside of the house. No one was seen from the long driveway or outside. My ex was not a good person. When we broke up, he terrorised me to the point that I began to have night terrors. One night stayed with me. I remember dreaming that I was in the apartment that I currently resided in. I walked down the steps from my bedroom through the living room to the kitchen. There are large sliding doors in the dining room that overlook a small cement porch. I passed by these windows to the kitchen. When I made my way back from the kitchen into the dining room, I saw my ex standing at the glass windows. He was not alone, however. Behind him was a large figure that had branches sticking out from all over its body and had to be close to six feet tall. 
The figure had no face, only an impression where a face should be. It looked like someone had smudged its face to one side. Its hand was hoof-like in nature and covered my ex's mouth. Once the creature noticed I saw it, my tongue began to fall out of my mouth in bloody chunks. I awoke as I heard a pounding outside of my dream at the front door. I ran downstairs to find that no one was there, or no one had been at the door at all. The next event took place about four years ago. I had suffered from a great depressive episode which resulted in a suicide attempt. Luckily I was not successful and checked myself into a hospital as I was afraid of what I may do. While at the hospital I remember laying in bed. I was dreaming, but I began to wake up only to see a girl wearing a white gown with long brown hair. She was sitting at the end of my bed with her face in her hands crying frantically. A couple of weeks later I was now at home. The bed I was sleeping in had no door and faced in a way that you could see the steps leading to the second floor of the house. In my dream I was laying in the same position as I was in real life. I looked up at the steps to see a girl making her way down the steps. She looked identical to the girl I saw at the hospital and was wearing the same gown. She leaned over the rail of the steps when she made her way halfway down and hissed at me in the same manner as a cat. To this day I don't know if any of the dreams that I have had were actual dreams as they occurred in the same rooms and bed I was sleeping in with no dreamlike environment or details. My most recent paranormal occurrence happened shortly after my grandmother's sudden and tragic death. Days after her death, my family and I would hear knocking. It would sound as if it was coming from a random corner of the house but seemed far away at the same time. We looked outside only to find that our neighbours were not knocking or hammering anything. One day my family and I ordered some delivery from one of my grandmother's favourite restaurants. We were all in the kitchen unpacking the food including my daughter. There was no one else at the house besides us and we were standing in the kitchen talking getting ready to make our plates when we heard a distinct female voice coming from the hallway leading from the living room to the kitchen. It said hello. We all heard it at the same time and just stared at one another like, did you hear that? We went to inspect the living room and found that no televisions were on in the home and there was no explanation for the disembodied voice. Lots of stuff going on here for Tiffany. Hey, I looked up the Great Dismal Swamp because I was like, what an amazing name. And it, it, I mean, it looks amazing. Like, it is a Great Dismal Swamp. What a great descriptor. And you know I love a creature. You know I love a little cryptid running around out in the swampiness. I believe you. I believe you saw a scaled creature with its face at your window. I believe you. And I believe your grandmother did too. And and I'm glad your grandmother also saw it so that you can have some sort of validation for your experience too. I do think that somebody dying within a household releases some sort of mad energy it's like you know when we get stories from um nursing homes or elderly people's homes like there's always mad energy in those places because people are are dying all the time people are actively dying and then obviously the actual act of death occurs like and i think it releases mad energy and we know that animals are more susceptible to feeling that energy Like people hear and feel weird things around the time of death. It's not unusual. 
And it does sound like you went through a pretty horrendous time and I can't really get my head around that fetus dream. And again, your grandmother having the same dream. I don't know if I'd want, I'd, I don't know if I'd want the valid, validation on that one because that sounded horrendous. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Stephanie and Tiffany for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can email it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.